Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Phantoms of the Silver Screen Podcast where it's spooky season all day, every day. I am one of your hosts, Rip, and I am joined by the 100% healthy... Jumpy. That's right. I totally don't have a cold right now and it's not going to be noticeable. Oof. It's almost Halloween. It's the perfect time to have that voice. I sound like Joe. <laughs> no, I don't. Nobody sounds like Joe. <laughs> Only Joe sounds like Joe. Not even. So, it's not even. Is that what you said? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Today, we're bringing you another episode of Midnight Club, the series that we're going through at the pace that we're going at it at yep that's right we're going at that pace yes that non one sitting pace that everyone hates and by everyone i just mean me i want to watch it all me too me too but we're doing this one episode at a time for everybody for for you the listener and for us the listener as well and this episode is titled See You Later. It's episode five, and we're halfway there. Can't believe it. Oh, no. I can't believe it took us this long. And as always, I always have high expectations for these episodes. The halfway mark should be important, and the penultimate episode should be important. And mm-hmm. the ending should always just tie everything together. It doesn't have to be flashy or crazy, but... I need in my horror properties the halfway point to be something important, memorable, anything. Especially in a mystery horror like this. Yep. Uh, This episode had so, so much to say. Yeah. We got a bunch of information about most of our characters. We got a bunch of lore. Mm -hmm. And... The more they tell me, the less I'm sure of anything. <laughs> I'm just experiencing it now. I No more theories from Jumbi, guys. I am just a vessel that this story is going to flow through. Because <laughs> I don't know anything. <laughs> and with that, episode six is titled Frankenstein. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, that would be crazy. <laughs> we get but, to episode ten, they're like, Frankenstein lives or something stupid. Oh, it's just... Everyone hated the show because because of the Frankenstein, like <laughs> the theory that you were so keen on that everybody mm-hmm. <laughs> big the biggest letdown. But uh, <laughs> what a left turn! Um, it actually wasn't a witch cult. It was it was just Doctor Frankenstein the whole time. <laughs> well, you know what though? Like if you look at Mike Flanagan's properties, right? First mm-hmm. we had Blam. Oh, spoilers. <laughs> but um Bly Manor Haunted House. Sorry. Yeah. Hill House. Haunting a Hill House. Haunted, haunted house. house. Bly Manor ghosts. Um, In a haunted house. <laughs> Cuz it, it's haunted because of the ghosts. It mm-hmm. It Hill House the the house was creating the you know what I mean? The house yeah, the, the house itself was evil. Yes. And um, Bly Manor and which, again this is all spoilers. The house itself wasn't evil. It was just one really strong-willed evil person. Yeah. Hmm. Ghost. 
Um, Midnight Mass Vampires. Now that was different. Yeah. Now Midnight Club. We could. Are they going to continue on that trend? Is this like the third installment? Because Midnight Mass could be treated separate as a miniseries, or yeah, or are they going to keep being different? Like I don't know where we're going. I I don't know how anyone could not enjoy the ride for this show. <laughs> um, I still think it's witches. No, yeah, for sure. I mean, we in this very episode we see a weird flashback sequence or something. Yeah, with witches. But the problem <clears throat> is, in a very important scene, they took all of our theories except your Frankenstein theory, and they just threw it into the fire, metaphorically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we'll see um but yeah i i think it's witches i don't i'm curious what his next property would be because i still think no one has done a good werewolf movie lately Wolf by night is really mm, that's true i liked it it was decent i, I like saw it tr- well i gotta watch it maybe it's a true yeah. horror property it's a it's an old timey feel it feels like an old school movie. Gotcha. Um, we haven't had a good mummy movie since Brendan Fraser. No, there's the Mummy Two. He was in that. That was also good. Yes, <laughs> but you're referring to the first one. I know it. <laughs> I'm referring to the trilogy. Okay. Did you watch the Mummy with Tom Cruise? Did you? I, I was did. asking. <laughs> okay, well then you could make that statement because I didn't watch it. <laughs> but oh, everyone loves Tom Cruise right now. How could it be horrible? Well, sometimes an, a great actor can only do could do do so much with uh, the script they're given. That's actually very true. If everybody has seen the Mummy three, <laughs> um, I need Mike Flanagan to bring re resurrect those. I need what, those old school? Like he already did that for vampires. I mean, everyone thought vampires were dead. Get it? <laughs> but um, he brought them back after the Twilight era. I just, I want a good mummy story, man. Something. Something about mummies has never scared me. It's always just like, oh, it's Egyptian. Like history. Like, I don't know. It just doesn't, doesn't scare me that much. The mummy was pretty freaky. Oh, yeah. When I was a kid, I yeah. saw the mummy sucking the organs out of people that was that was wild there you go and then that those are the only two properties i wish they could like resurrect and make a true horror out of it i'd be interested to see a werewolf movie that scares me because i don't think i've ever seen one. Oh, and frankenstein that would be a good one too well we already know that's coming it's a given <laughs> yeah. the paragon club supposedly had a big accident or tragedy in this episode what do you think about that uh, or like it was revealed that that happened in the past how do you feel about that i'm not surprised <laughs> i'm not like i you knew something weird was going on because this is a cult right in fact they could even just bypass witches and call this uh, a cult flick a cult um series because cults are scary as we learned, a cult in, classic. As, yes, a cult classic. Yeah. As we learned in American Story, cults, cults can get creepy, uh, real quick. Especially when they do blood sacrifices. Yeah. So one of the important things we got here was um, 
just a lore dump, if you will. Just mm-hmm. now we know what the Paragon, because the Paragon was this mysterious cult that just kind of shadowed what was going on on um, Brightcliff, right? We didn't, we knew everything with Julia Jane, but Alonka kind of just mentioned the Paragon. Dr. Stanton had the same reaction to uh, Alonka asking about Julia Jane and Paragon, which is like, uh, I don't know anything about that. Uh, please move on. Let's talk about anything else. But now we actually understand what happened with the Paragon through the teachings. Because that, that cliffhanger last episode, wasn't it last episode? Uh, what the the cliffhanger was Anya, Anya tipped over. True. She's, when did she find the thing using the Dewey Decimal System? That last episode as well. Cause they, yeah, so that was also a cliffhanger to me because like <laughs> Anya kind of sidetracked you from that cliffhanger, but I was like, what? You found the fucking book and you didn't talk about it? Like I need to know what's in it. Well, they talk about and it, it. It was this. It was <laughs> this stuff. It's just like that was a big deal to me. And then Anya kind of sidetracked that storyline. Yeah. Like getting in the way with her almost death. <laughs> yes, that's right. Almost death. She got resuscitated. We all thought she was going to die, but... Um, but she did her. sign a do not resuscitate order. So obviously, they went back and killed her. <laughs> They're like, oops. Like the, <laughs> Sorry about that. Like, have you seen those memes where it's like... Um, like a me at the... <laughs> me at the chiropractor. And it's like, oh... Um, my credit card got the your credit card got the decline and it's like the next picture is like the chiropractor with like a crowbar to break yeah. his back or like the clip of I've seen that with I've seen that with psychologists where it's just like when my psychiatrist tries to run my card and it doesn't work and they're just like your mom hates you and just <laughs> und- undoes everything. Yeah. <laughs> so um where were we going with this? <laughs> I don't remember. We we're talking about the Paragon Club. Okay. Oh, do not resuscitate. And the, the revelations. Anya. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, you said they killed her again. No, they did not. They didn't really kill her. Yeah, they didn't really do it. In fact, Alanka. Can conf- you imagine? <laughs> Alanka confronted Doctor Stanton because Doctor Stanton told her she had a DSR. Uh, DNR. I don't know if that's the DNR. DNR. Oh, do not. Do resuscitate. not resuscitate. Yes, DNR. it works. <laughs> a CSI. She had a CSI. <laughs> so, um, uh, Alaka was just like, "Why didn't you tell me? I'm her roommate. She was to tell me these things, you know. I wouldn't like dare disrespect her, her last wishes." And Doctor Stanton's like, "No, like, we, of course, that was our fault for not telling you, but you did the right thing. We don't want anybody. Like, what kind of message does that send that you're allowed to overdose on pills over here? We don't want that." The fact that you went and you resuscitated without any kind of um, hesitation is a beautiful thing. And thank you. Like, don't lose sleep over this. And the first thing Ilanka does is sees Anya and Apologize. apologizes. She's like, I didn't know. I'm sorry. And Anya, That goes a lot better than I thought, too. Yeah, like. Anya felt it. Anya saw it in her face. It, she's like, "Oh, it's okay. It's okay. Mm-hmm. We're we're past this now." And 
if she was going to get mad about that, I think the vision she saw when she woke up kind of put her in a different headspace. She's not going to get as angry. Yeah. Because She's more afraid. That That's mm-hmm. what Alanka confronted her about. Because at this point, we can assume that Alanka knows what Anya is talking about because Anya screamed about when she got resuscitated, when she threw up, the first thing she saw was the shadow looming over her with with its claws out. And she said, Don't do you guys fucking see it? Do you see it? She was screaming her lungs out. And Alanka's like, What'd you see? And then she's like, I didn't see a damn thing. All right. And Alanka's like, No, you saw something. I remember you you said uh, Rachel saw a shadow. Did you see a shadow? And Onion's just like, you know what, girl, fuck off. I didn't see anything. Alanka's like, all right, I won't press anymore. But when you're ready to talk to me about this, I'll be right here. But later on, yeah, we get a heart wrenching scene with Anya. Anya, it's towards the end. And we get a confirmation of things. The story Anya told uh, told everybody at the Midnight Club, the tale of two Danas, is actually about Anya. And I think Sandra uh, hinted at that when she's like, thank you for sharing your life with us. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> but it's tragic to know she was a ballerina and how like important that was to her life. Yeah, and she threw it all away because when she, when she hit America, all she wanted was that fast lifestyle, drugs, alcohol, anything, and she threw it all away and she fucked up her her life. She she messed what up. What did she end up getting diagnosed with? Um, Bone she, cancer, right? Yeah, but that was later after she fucked everything <clears throat> up. In fact, one day she decided to just run away and and when the cops were looking for her, her parents decided to go look for her as well. And they slipped on black ice. And the car crashed. Fatally, you know, her parents. Yeah. They died. Yeah. Fatality. Yeah. And uh, Anya holds that. In fact, she tells the words to Alanka, I killed my parents. Now. It's very Batman of her. Yeah. Alanka, of course, being the person that she is, was like, no, don't blame yourself for this. It's not your fault for that. But Anya was just like, I could have made better decisions in my life. I'm the one who got my parents to go from Ireland to America because I knew I could make it as a ballet dancer. I did that. And the first thing I did was when when I got here was throw it all away because I just needed that. Like she, whatever stresses were in her life, she felt the the satisf- satisfaction of uh, relieving that through drugs, alcohol, et cetera, et cetera. Even really how- big emotional episode for her. I can't believe she opened that up that much to Alanka, but a near death experience would do that to a person. So yeah, and she wasn't the only one that had to deal with that. I mean. Obviously, everybody in there. They're all dealing with it. Yeah. yeah. But one in particular is a mesh. Yeah. 
Amesh is and the this crux of this episode. He's he's the the main character, if you will, this time. Yeah. He is celebrating something important to him. It's his quote unquote death day. Happy death day. He loves that movie. <laughs> yeah, it didn't even come out then, but Neither did the PlayStation, but you know what? <laughs> he um Kidding. And this day was the day the doctors predicted that he wouldn't live anymore. In fact, yeah. um, he opens up about it with um, other people, well, Natsuki, about how this is a day he's been thinking about, like, every day. Like, for, for a month, over a month, he knew the day was coming, and he couldn't sleep last night because he was just like, all right, today's the day. Today's the day I'm going to die. Mm. And then midnight hit, nothing. He got to live one more day. So why not celebrate it? He he had Spence read a faux eulogy of him. Mm-hmm. Where they... That was written by Amesh himself. Talking about how great he is. and But he beat it. He beat the day the doctors told him he was going to die. And... He took out the suit that his parents picked out for his funeral. And which is crazy to have and know about. And uh, it's just wild. Which is which is what he's wearing right. to this death day party. And The suit you'd die in. Like the clothes you'd be dead in. That's It's getting real morbid around here. I mean. <laughs> it was morbid before, but this, it doesn't get more morbid than celebrating your death day. Okay. There's a lot of things... We aren't privy to because we, you know, the ones of us that don't have to oh, deal with this. A little set detail I want to bring up here. They had a campfire going on the beach, right, for this whole scene. Mm-hmm. And they had like six and they had little balloons. But the balloons were just made of um, those surgical gloves, but they were blown up or whatever and tied. <laughs> and they had those all over the place. That was That was pretty funny to me. That is funny. They had makeshift balloons. It's not like they could tell <laughs> what's going on. Like tell yeah, the it's like we need party supply. Oh, yeah. I guess we can't ask for that. <laughs> but um, yeah. So Mesh gives a speech about how he's able. He was able to beat it, beat the day that was supposed to be his death day, and he, you know. He's ready to move on and not think about a time limit on his end and enjoy every second of his life that he can, which is beautiful. And he burns his funeral suit and he said, if anybody knows me, this is what I want to be buried in. And it's like a gamer shirt. <laughs> yeah. I Did it have a PlayStation logo on it? I think it was just like a, a Nintendo and it said gamer die. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's funny. But I know, right? He's he's <laughs> clever. He uh, so they sit down and everybody's enjoying themselves. And Sherry gives Amesh something. Now we don't know a lot about Sherry. In fact, one can debate if that's even her real name. But we know she's rich because of the story about what she got dropped off, and she got dropped off in like a Rolls Royce or something, some fancy car. Yeah, but that's it. Everything else is a mystery. 
exactly. <laughs> and she so, gives uh she yeah. decides to gift um Amesh something for to celebrate that he passed that day and what he got gifted was a PlayStation One or back then called called the Great Station. Get it? Like they didn't call World War One. They call it's called the Great War. Get it? Yeah. It wasn't called PlayStation One. Yeah. Yeah. She's literally the kid whose parent works at Nintendo or works at Sony and they have the inside scoop and she managed to pull some strings, according to Sherry, mm-hmm. in order to get a prototype version of this console, which if anyone knows how secretive Sony is, this would never happen. But she somehow managed to get a prototype version of this console sent to Amish. Mm-hmm. How wild is that? He has the PlayStation a year before anybody. No games, but he has it. <laughs> we don't know that. We we, we just saw him I assume it. it comes with a game. But... Yeah. But uh, it's interesting because in this episode, we get answers from Sherry, but we get more questions because are the stories she's saying really true? We are... They sound very unbelievable, but yet she finds a way to surprise everybody. For me, what I think about Sherry is that I can, like, if I'm going to go out in the wild, like a wild guess out there, a wild theory, I wouldn't be surprised if we find out that her parents were rich, but they tragically died. And that's why they don't come and visit her. And she's like, a little bit in denial about it or something or she doesn't want to talk about it but she inherited this loads of money from her parents and and because she's diagnosed with um you know with cancer she'd probably rather just spend it on other people yes is this a theory or did that that get said that is your theory okay because i was like i don't remember hearing that but that sounds legit Night by it. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt that. You think there's some other family member who's like, well, I could inherit that money, and she's just like, well, no, and spend it on this PlayStation. That PlayStation must be worth like a million dollars. Oh, that, that's because it's, it's a year before release. All right, Microsoft could buy that from a mesh for like a billion dollars and get all the information they need. <laughs> So yeah, that it's a really big moment. Everyone's super happy about Amesh getting the PlayStation. Amesh is sitting there probably wondering, hey, can we wrap this up? I have things to do <laughs> that involve my new PlayStation. Well, they can't because they are gifted with weed brownies. Sorry, special brownies. I'm sorry. Sorry. Ooh, I don't want to assume. Way to give away the secret. <laughs> so they all know that one of the things that they immediately talk about is Dr. Staten. Because they're all there. They're all together. Anya's there too. Everybody's there. Everybody's partaking in these weed brownies. Some of them is for their first time. Others, they know they know how it be. But they are curious about Dr. Staten. She bought this place. She brought bought all of it. Well, is, does she partake in something? Well, she has to. 
she has to take something to take off the edge, right? Because you can't just do this and not have some way to take off the edge. And they know she's not a drinker. It's like, oh, we don't see her as a drinker, but weed? For sure. And then the theories begin. Natsuki's like, what if what if the reason she bought this place is because she's a witch? What if she's draining everybody's souls here to keep herself young and alive? You know, and then she takes the she takes the corpses or or implants everybody into voodoo dolls and she plays with them and everybody's like okay not so you got hit with that pretty hard (laughs) yeah she was saying some crazy stuff and then we get a theory from well somebody starts spouting about how maybe they just grind everything up everybody up for some kind of food or something and spent soiling green yeah and Spencer's like, oh, I'm going to, this is going to be my next story. I got it. It writes itself. But everybody's just enjoying themselves. And with that, I'm just like, that's my theory, Natsuki. Why would you do that? If you say it out loud, it's not going to happen. Horror, horror show 101. She said it as a red herring. It still might happen. I buy it. I don't know. That. She might be like. Yeah, well, that'd be crazy if that happened, and then it does end up happening. <laughs> but like Scooby Doo Zombie Island, oh. spoilers, <laughs> where the monsters are actually real this time, or are they really just old man Jenkins? You don't know. <laughs> you have to watch the movie. I love the young people. <laughs> <laughs> um. We have another cool scene at the campfire, but maybe we'll save that for when we talk about Natsuki later. Because mm. her and Amesh have a, a bonding moment. Yeah, I, we could talk about that. Yeah. So they have a chat, and Natsuki seems a little bit out of it. And it's because she finally got a name through her counseling for what she's been going through. So she's been going through clinical depression, mm-hmm. which she didn't know was really a thing. And she thinks it's why she hasn't been able to feel fully is how she describes it. She hasn't really felt as strongly as she should about things. Like, in fact, she's numb. Yeah. Her mother, she says her mother's, she just hadn't felt this low since her father's passing. And at, she never really got over it through it. And her mother pretty much told her she's just doing that for attention or something it's the early 90s that stigma was real like depression like de- everybody thought depression was something you can fight out of which still gets said today people yeah. are still like well have you thought about not being sad it's like wow oh, geez you cured me i did it i'm good now but, I did the same thing about being poor, and now I'm rich. Ooh. Mm. You got to write a book, Jumby. Yep. How not Stop to. being poor and sad. <laughs> well, when I stopped being poor, the sadness just went away. It was crazy. It's like all my problems went away. They just <laughs> melted away. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So Natsuki got the the words for it. And it makes sense how she, why she's feeling this the way she does after Tristan's passing. 
I think it says a lot too that she's opening up to Amesh. Like yeah. their relationship's really growing here. Yeah, and Amesh opened up too about his death day. He Yeah. He's telling her how he's been he was scared about it every day for months. Even last night he just couldn't stop thinking about it. But now he went through it. And the only thing he wants to do with this extra time now is just live life, be good, maybe even help others, maybe even he wants to save the world and get the girl. He's always wanted to do that. But now he thinks what that he can't have either, right? He mentions that. He says he wants to save the world and get the girl. And she's like, is that all? <laughs> and he says he doesn't think he could. And he also doesn't know if he should. Mm. And this is a big hint to him and to Natsuki. Well, a big hint to Natsuki that he's interested but he's not pursuing it because he's scared. Like they don't have any time. That's that's how I read that. Yeah, I I don't doubt that. I I agree with you on that. But there is something. There is chemistry there, and it feels like Natsuki's the one making the moves because she is, <laughs> and something's holding a mesh back. You can actually pinpoint in the first episode. When he fell in love with her, it was mid-cat transformation on the table. That's when Amesh just mm. went all doe-eyed. And he was like, oh my god. I feel like I feel like he's not the only one. Yep. It's a lot of audience well, members. <laughs> yeah. The only, the only one in the show. <laughs> so uh, far. But yeah. But then... That's pretty much uh, Amesh... Until we get him later on tonight. Yeah. Until we get his story. Yeah. That's right. We're hearing from Amesh. And for those of you that listen to our Are You Afraid of the Dark podcast or just watched that show before, Amesh is a total Gary. He is. He has such Gary energy. It's crazy. Whovian through and through. Yeah. <laughs> he just needs like glasses. But... It's time. It's what you all been waiting for. What did Alanka find in her book? Man, she found a lot of stuff. <laughs> she found the Paragon. She found the newspapers, right? The Paragon Society had some big accident. Yeah. Yep. She big was ends. reading through that. And that's she... it. That's all she found. That was it. Yeah. Bye. Well... <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, the house was bought to treat sick people. The person, Athena, one of the members, Athena, is the head of the household, I believe. And she she nicknamed herself Athena after the goddess of health, the Greek goddess of health, somebody. And is she health Athena? I mean, I've only played the God of War games, but <laughs> I don't know. I mean, she gifted Kratos these crazy blades of chaos. I mean, mm. but I guess she's the goddess of health, sure. But she, um, this story, man. She, she had a. It was supposed to be just a place where people go in to heal, right? And they held through and just like what new age medicine, 
like mm-hmm. but this is like the 40s so new age medicine was like yoga and praying and and um just doing all these unorthodox things like not going to a doctor but like using the environment to heal and the more it happened the like the more people came and it started turning into this cult because Athena was really believed what she was doing and if nothing was if if something wasn't working then they weren't doing enough so she started going even to the old like the old ways of sacrificing animals Ugh. now one of the members she uh she saw the animal sacrifice and she was not about it so she was like okay this is getting too much and she confronted her mother about this and her mother was like you don't understand you're gonna you're gonna see because something big is gonna happen and when that big thing comes it's gonna be intense you're gonna believe everything she's her daughter didn't trust this. She went to the police. She and then the next day, they uh, they went. They searched all over the house. Nothing, not a ghost in that house. Everything was n- normal. Nobody's in there. Not a sound. Not a spirit. Nothing. And but then the cops were like, okay, well, they told us to check the extra basement, which was if you push the the two buttons that Alanka figured out and you go down there's an extra room and the cops did and what they found was every member of the Paragon dead except Athena who has a shaved head and she looks back at the cops in tears it was an accident I didn't know the punch was poisoned that everybody drank but only her daughter knew that her facial expression her sadness was not real crazy is this what Julia did we don't know because that's where it is but this ritual wouldn't make any sense to bring up if this wasn't something pivotal to the plot. Right. So Julia must have done something similar or been forced into something similar. But where are the people that got sacrificed for Julia? Exactly. <laughs> I think this is, I, and how do they select who lives? These are all questions I need answers for. Yeah. We don't Once know. again, I don't know. And that, that's the question. That was, <laughs> that's Kevin's first question. What happened to Athena? Mm-hmm. Well, she changed her name back to whatever it was before that. And no one there's no record of it, so we don't know. Okay, what about her daughter? Same thing. I'm pretty sure she she narked on her mother. I'm pretty sure she doesn't want to deal with that. And she probably changed her name and got the fuck out of there. Her daughter's Stanton. It's gotta be. 
and her mother is Julia Jane. Yo. <laughs> That'd be crazy. You like that one, didn't you? Yeah, I did. That'd be crazy because that means her mother's roaming the forest. If we go with the whole, um, what's her name again? Not Bev. Shasta. Shasta. Shasta is Julia. Mm-hmm. And then that means her mother is in the forest taunting her. Yeah. And there's not, nothing she can do about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that would make sense why she would buy the property before, like yeah. around there, and then just be like, I'd need, like, you know, sneaking in uh, little things, the blueberries and the water. This this land is very healing, you know, and nothing that Dr. Stanton tells you is, uh, you know. And I can see it being like the mother was this new age healer and this is Julia Jane or Shasta. And mm-hmm. Dr. Stanton is just like, no, we can't do that. Like, that's not how it works. Whatever sacrifice you did may have worked for you. But at what cost? Yeah. Oh, man. I, just, I think this has to be true. I think we got it right. Yeah. Like all of that? <laughs> yeah, I think all of that's true. Shasta is Julia. Who's Athena? Julia is Athena. And then Stanton is who? The daughter. The daughter. Yeah, so, so Stanton is not the witch. No. It's... Does the age work for Stanton? Uh, I don't know. Because she bought it like soon after, right? And that's Ooh. when Julia Jane came in. Yeah. But I think Julia had like parents. I don't know, man. It it could work. It could work if we, you know. Like, does it work that Stanton and Julia, like Julia's older than Stanton? They look around the same age. In fact, Doctor Stanton looks older, which makes like which makes me think that's the twist. You know. Okay. That this is just two. This is a mother daughter fighting each other, and the mother knows how to stay young, and the daughter doesn't like her her tactics. Because it costs some kids their lives. Right. And then the witch that we see, <clears throat> the that I'm hungry, whatever, that's probably Julia's, like, like a Dorian Gray thing for Julia. The imprint of what she used to do, like, look like and what yeah. she used to do. Her dark deed. Yeah, like, what, who she really is. Hmm. I did finger quotes, by the way. Maybe the things that Staten, not Staten, um... Shasta has been giving Elanco mm-hmm. in the forest are like primers, like primers to select the person who's going to make it out. Mm-hmm. And everyone else gets the curse. They get this shadow figure to chase them. Mm-hmm. But because Elanco's getting the primer, she's getting like the beginning of whatever spell, the ingredients, like she has to eat these blueberries, she has to drink this tea. She's getting set up to be the person who gets healed. Now, remember, no one in that midnight club knows or or has seen somebody named Shasta. Nobody has seen her. So that could be an ox head. Yeah. But also it, it could be real. And okay. she could be She she got physical items, I thought like Yeah. I mean... And and there's cameras out there. That'd be a really elaborate <laughs> Gotcha. Like wait a minute. Yeah. There but... is no cameras. Well my God, there's no forest. But that makes me think that Shasta, Julia Jane, Athena is using um some kind of 
sacrifice or whatever it is that she has to do and she chose Alanka got chosen that's why she's walking out there and meeting up Alanka every chance she gets and making it look like it's not just a coincidence hmm. because Alanka's not telling us to any Dr. Stanton and in fact a lot um Shasta does kind of have like a yeah, you could tell Dr. Stanton I said hello, but we don't get along. And it's like, okay, Alanka's like, all right, let me not bring that up, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, what is... She got she got items. Um, we predicted that um, that it was... Alanka was going to start taking them, drinking whatever, eating whatever, chewing on whatever, and it was going to make her feel better, and everybody's going to start feeling better and it turns out it's like some weird thing but I mean I still hold on to that theory but now I could see Dr. Stan looking at Ilanka's room seeing that and like either slapping it off the desk or getting angry or saying some snide comment about it yeah or he could just be totally wrong and <laughs> Dr. San is just, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I don't know. This, sto- <laughs> this story is told too well. I don't know what to think anymore. It could just be because I'm feeling under the weather, but my brain is like fried. I'm just like, there's no way. <laughs> I don't know anything. Whatever I predict, they're going to retroactively go back in time. They're, you reach through time, Jill, and they're going <laughs> to write some other scene. Yeah. Anything I predict, just to contradict me, I feel mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I don't know, man. Because it's just, is there even Frankenstein? I bet there isn't now. There was though. Well, it's. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, they're using the corpses of other people to resurrect this person. No, no. Well, they're using they're using people who are condemned to death, like they're almost dead, <laughs> to heal one person. So, you could see where the cult thinks they're justified. Yeah. in their methods because like these kids are going to die soon so they're like well, let's just use them as sacrifices they were going to die in a, like in a couple of weeks anyway and then we save one person's life what's wrong about that we're good people I don't know I mean we know Julia Jane started the Midnight Club in the same room that uh, Athena held the sacrifice right yeah yeah she was gone for a year and she came back and she was completely healed. I mean, that, and that's what Ilanka says. She says, the the sacrifices happened in the Paragon. Julia Jane found all the means to, to heal everybody. I mean, to heal herself. She disappeared and she's cured. Like, she, some, something's adding up here. I don't know. She doesn't know what it is. But something's making sense. And we get the heartbreaking scene towards the end of the episode where it was Anya mm. crying to Elanka. She sees the shadow. She knows death is looming over and she doesn't want to die. She's afraid to die in the most heartbreaking fucking scene I can see in this show. And I feel like it's just going to get worse. <laughs> but... Uh, I'm wondering in that scene if you could actually see the shadow behind her. Maybe. Because 
the show ends with her with the lanka staring at the book though she's not staring at a shadow but i was i was kind of like maybe if you're keen-eyed enough you could look at the shadows but i don't think there's anything right now i can't see it she's definitely looking at the book so elanka might be like yo let's get some sacrifices and let's cure everybody here yep but then who are they gonna sacrifice exactly all Um, the parents but uh, yeah. Do do we get any Tristan stuff this episode? Not right. Not really. Um, I mean, she's that. We we get a line that like Tristan's death had kind of propelled Natsuki further into her depression, but that was about it. Okay, we didn't get any more reach through death to talk. To I don't her. think so. I don't remember any. Right. We didn't. Also, we also didn't get too much from Spence, or um, what's her name, Sandra? Sandra, yeah. They're, they're... Well, we got like wholesome back and forth between them to show that they're they're cool now. Mm-hmm. But that's about it. Uh, Cherry gifted a mesh the PlayStation. She. And... That's not the only gift she doled out this episode. She g- gave Alanka because Alanka made a comment that she misses her old hair. And she measured Alanka's head at some point randomly. And Alanka was like, okay, Sherry, you're <laughs> weird. Um, but Sherry's like, here, I got you a wig that matches your hair type from everything you told me. And <laughs> she matches the hair type from the picture I stole from yeah, you. From your <laughs> and Alanka's like, wait, what? She's like, don't worry about it. Anyway, this is from the best wig designer ever. And I want, and it's yours. And Alanka's in tears. She's like, "Thank you." Like, like why? Like, what did I do? I don't know what I did. And then she, Sherry's like, "It's just because you asked." That's it. That's that was really generous of her, and so was the PlayStation. We're seeing a really good side of Sherry, mm-hmm. which I think we kind of had to see because they're painting her as this big liar, so she doesn't have a lot of good redeeming qualities, but. This generosity is making me warm up to her. Yeah, and it could be something simple as uh, whatever theory I threw out there before, or maybe she has a definite date for her um, death day, and she knows it's not going to be um, like you know a day where she can just have a. A, f- a faux funeral that Amesh had like that would be her day could be anything yeah she's generous yeah good kid now before we get into Amesh's story we have to talk about an important scene that happened on the way to Amesh because Alanka once again knee deep in everything that she's been reading she goes into the bathroom walks out and she sees our favorite witch standing over Anya, just staring at her. Who's still recovering. Yeah. And Anya is just looking. And they look, they lock eyes. They lock eyes. You can call those her. eyes. <laughs> and this old woman just turns around and walks away. And Alanka, I don't remember what comment I said, but God damn, just this girl just walked 
after her. Didn't run. Didn't do anything. She's just like, oh, did the ghost is leaving out that door? Okay, I want to see where she's going. What she's been up to, you know? This feels a lot less like the benevolent, the benevolent ghost who would do jump scares and be like, ah, gotcha. Yeah. This one's leading her to something. Yeah. And if you remember earlier in an episode, she grabbed Elanka and told her she's starving. So I don't know what that means. And Elanka's trying to find out. And she hasn't told anybody about this. This is still like just her dealing with this this woman. And the woman walks out the door and she follows and she's back in that sepia tone, sepia, I don't know, toned. Onomatopoeia. Onomatopoeia world. And she walks into a room and she sees, I, I believe it's a man. I might be wrong. But somebody with a sh- with a, f- a blurred face standing there. My name's Blurry Face. <laughs> um, Elanka it could be Bigfoot. Could. We don't know. We don't know. He's Blurry. But Elanka goes closer and closer to this figure. Ask who are they or why are they here? And we're immediately thrusted with Kevin's face. And he's like, I knew it the whole time. Don't (laughs) trust that Kevin kid. (laughs) He's like, um, yeah, it's just, uh, it's just me. She's like, what did you just get here? Like, why, why are you here? If you don't mind me asking. And he's like, it's midnight. And then Alanka looks around and everybody but Anya is there. And she accidentally showed up to the meeting. Yeah. These, she like day walked or whatever. She had like a, a day awaking dream, which is really concerning. Actually, (laughs) she's losing track of reality. Yeah, if you want to call it that. But she's time traveling. That's cool. The um, but, it's midnight club. Alanka said Anya's pretty much knocked out. She doesn't think she's coming. Everybody does the, the uh, intro. Or the ritual before they start. Which is kind of cryptic. It was cryptic back then. But it made sense. But now that we're learning about Paragon. This is even more cryptic. Um, But they all say their ritual. And we get a story by a mesh. And once again. We can't do this justice. So we're not going to try. But it was a very good story. Brief overview. Yeah, But. We were very nostalgic because it takes place in like a lot of it takes place in game stores and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's just a match's character. He's he has a crush on this girl, Becky, who's played by Natsuki. And he asks her out, but um the the person but Becky is dating somebody. She just got asked out. This just happened, and Amesh is a little too late. Oh, well. Well, Amesh's character, played by Amesh. And Becky is played by Natsuki. And then we get a random person. He says his name is Vincent, the most well-known programmer that no one's ever seen, the Willy Wonka of game programming. Heard Amesh's character is 
um, good at coding and he wants to test them, come to his house. And he heard he was good at coding because Amesh brought it up when he was trying to hit on her. Yeah. And, and it, it, he he failed spectacularly, but he did bring that up. But he introduces himself as Vincent, the guy that Amesh's character idolizes. And, and he, Vincent, I is play- him too. <laughs> Vincent is played by another other than Sheriff Hassan's sexy ass. That's right. He's mm-hmm. back, baby. We love him. I was mentioning to one of my friends uh, to watch Midnight Mass. And he was looking at the cast list and he's like, that guy from Twitter? And, and like in his mind, he was just like a Twitter person. Like he, he was just a really active person on political Twitter. He didn't realize he was actually an actor. And I thought that was really weird. <laughs> he's an amazing actor. I love seeing him. Yeah. I instantly like cheered. I was like, yes, Sheriff Hassan is back. Yeah, baby. Hopefully in a happier role. <laughs> Hopefully. Um will we uh will we find out, right? Is that so Amesh's character goes with him, gets gets a game and su- simulation. He, it's a nuclear war is about to happen. He's allowed any number of nuclear weapons, it's his choice, and he can launch it at wherever he needs to to save the world but he's trying to prevent a nuclear holocaust and if you need to use nuclear weapons to prevent the nuclear holocaust so be it but everything is up to Amesh's character he has to figure it out and he has to take into account everything wind resistance ozone capacity or the ozone layer um you know when back when they had one uh, <laughs> something <laughs> and everything has to t- be taken into into consideration just it's the most realistic game and it turns Amesh's character off <laughs> yeah he plays with it a while but he's like this game ain't fun alright this is stress this is work you have me doing here okay I'm calculating all this stuff I'm trying to figure it out I ran a million scenarios and I never win it's just hard for the sake of being hard right it's like it's like Ninja Gaiden <laughs> so was it uh we get um another a woman she comes in and she, she seems very chummy with Vincent and might be his girlfriend but she shows Amesh's character a like they go outside they look at the ISS from a telescope and Vincent tells him, like, look, if you can beat this game, I will split the earnings with you. 50-50. It's all yours. And Amesh's character is like, yo, let's do it. But Amesh says that the, there's one thing, though, is that the reason this guy is really good at coding and obsessed with video games is because he has a bad heart. He can't do sports. He can't do anything. He has to stay in. Right, and that's why he got good, and and that's important, very important to the story. But as he's figuring this out, he goes to visit Becky, who's, um, because apparently, uh, 
the Vincent's girlfriend starts hitting on Becky's boyfriend. And That's ta- weird. Because <laughs> she's like, she's at least 30-something, and <laughs> Becky's boyfriend is a teen. Yeah. And, um, and they break up because this uh, Vincent's girlfriend told her. And... And then later on, we see that as Amesh's character is walking down the street, this dude punches him in the face. And he's like, I know what you're trying to do. I know what's going on. And I don't like it. You're trying to use that woman to steal my girlfriend, and it's not going to happen. And the woman's just like, no. No, like, what are you talking about? It's not what's going on. You know what we did. And he's like, hey, don't think I don't know you. He told me everything about you. She's like, who? Frederick. And it's like, <gasps> and not Frederick. <laughs> and Frederick? Like, get in the car and let's go. And then they go. And then they come back and there's a heart in the middle of the t- <laughs> in the middle of the cabin with a knife through. And this woman comes clean. She is from the future. And her husband is the president of the United States in the future. And he's in that scenario that was created. The one that meshes the video game. That's not a video game. That's the program version of a real scenario that's going to take place in the future. Because there is going to be a nuclear holocaust. And the person that was their best friend, this woman and her husband, the president, who's Frederick, uh, they, their best friend was a brilliant mind, great genius, and he decides that, uh, well, he didn't decide. Unfortunately, before all this happened, he died because he had a bad heart, and the Mesh's character puts he it died together. He mm-hmm. Is that Vincent is him from the future, but who is this woman? Well, that's Becky from the future. And Frederick, well, that's Becky's now ex-boyfriend from the future. Becky tries to describe how they got back here, because obviously she's like, how the hell is this happening? Mm-hmm. And she tries to describe these little lights, these these beings. And we get a break from the story, because Sandra, who's been out of it this whole night, because she had a little bit too much fun with those brownies. <laughs> Sandra's like, oh, my God. Was it angels? <laughs> Tell me it was angels. And then Spencer's like, Sandra's going to Sandra, bro. Like, what yeah. are you going to do? He's cool with it now. Yeah. And Sandra kind of just like puts her head back down. She's like, I'd love it if it was angels. And then Amesh is like, I don't know about that. Hmm. So, but they're definitely something. Yeah. Um. So. Um. What was it? So they go and try to solve this and Becky figures out, well, we get the scene with Frederick and Vincent and mm-hmm. they have a, they have a conversation, but this dude's unhinged and he, and Becky mentions that he became future. Becky mentions that he became unhinged when, uh, after the, this nuclear Holocaust thing happened, he just sat with it and he, and he blames her because she made him hesitate for a second. And he, thinks that's what caused it even though the simulations kind of prove otherwise 
but he can't yeah. accept that. And because of this, he thinks that Becky's going to try to kill him in the past. And he ensures that by killing Vincent and he kills him. And so Becky realizes the only thing that she can do is to kill Frederick's past self. But what she ends up doing is killing herself by accident because Becky jumps in the way of the car and future Becky kills young Becky and they die. Right before that scene, um, young Amesh also beats the video game. Yeah. He figures out that the only way to win is to not do the nuclear holocaust. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> he puts zero in the number of nukes he should press, which I guess he'd never tried before, and he saves the day. Game over. And he mm-hmm. learns that what he needs to do in the future is not let that happen. Yeah. And so but yeah, Becky Brigham kills herself, isn't that wild? Yeah, and she and future Becky, you know, Thanos snaps away. She's gone. Yeah, she fades from existence. And then these two guys are just left with that grief and they end up becoming the best of friends. And it was said that uh Vincent uh that Amash's character was gonna be there until until thirty three. But he lived yeah. past thirty three. Past thirty four. And yeah. he knew that he Every could, day's a blessing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that that's it. That's the end of the story. He no nuclear holocaust happens in the future. None of it. He saves the world, but he does not get the girl. Yeah. In this story. And Natsuki confronts him at later on and she doesn't like it. Mm-hmm. He should be able to get the girl. And through a very, very tense scene, they stare at each other. But Amesh says goodnight. And Natsuki turns around, goes in, about to go to bed. But she says, fuck it. Turns back around kisses a mesh and she's like I'll see you tomorrow and she goes in to her bedroom and a mesh is is in shock he's like I got a playstation I kissed by the girl I like (laughs) today's the best day ever I did not interpret it that way something's not right well I just have to feel like that's how he (laughs) must be saying some kind of dialogue is happening in his mind but you're right his facial expression is very I don't know what to do yeah He's not happy, he's not sad, but this just makes things a little complicated for him. And you can tell he's been fighting this. Yeah. And for whatever reason he decides he needs to, he um he may be in his head fighting this more. Like this can't happen. Because there are two people who both have well, he survived his ex- a quote unquote um death day. But for now. yeah. But we don't know when that is. And Natsuki we don't know if she has one and when that is. So Do we even know what she's suffering from? I'm I'm sure they told us. <laughs> I don't remember. Um I think we got a lot of people's ovarian, issues but we haven't gotten ovarian her? yeah, ovarian cancer. Wow. And huh, I thought Sherry had Ovarian cancer. I mean that does suck. Yes. She might have to go through a surgery. Well, she's there because they can't do a surgery, so. Yeah. I guess that that route was explored and they couldn't remove the ovaries. I don't know. 
but that's where we are and Amesh has no idea and it's hanging over us and another important thing before the Midnight Club had their story from Amesh we get Spencer finally coming clean about the intercom and it was freaky but I think they came around and realized that maybe that is the sign and maybe good things are coming from that because if they're going to reach out to us to tell us something they might be trying to reach out to us to tell us that things are okay it gets good from beyond and yeah those are the big points of the episode Mm -hmm. we get we get that the only thing we left out is Anya pissed the bed but I mean we could (laughs) have just left that out anyway but there we go I said it (laughs) and then that's triggered the whole conversation (laughs) um and then we get the ending with Alanka staring at the book and that was actually really well before you get there Mm -hmm. the whole wedding to bed thing was very emotional like yeah she lost control of her faculties and it's very embarrassing and Ilanka still manned up forced like she didn't allow her not to let her help yeah like and that's exactly what uh on dang geez i'm spacing right now (laughs) That's exactly what she needed. Yeah. Anya on Anya was like like just trying to push her away. Alanka's like she's like, How about you leave me the fuck alone? And Alanka's like, How about you shut the fuck up and let me help? All right. You like and then Let me change these sheets. All right, I sleep here too, smelly. <laughs> God damn. I don't know, like she needs tough love, so I thought Alanka was gonna go there. She did. Um but yeah. And this is the perfect time to admit that we don't edit. We don't do anything. <laughs> so when we say something wrong, like call the founder of the Paragon, Athena, when she's actually a say-so at her daughter's Oh, Athena. I'm so yeah. sorry. <laughs> we can admit it. You just have to wait till the end for us to admit it. But yes. Look, we caught it. You happy? <laughs> leave your comment somewhere else. Actually, leave a comment anyway. It'd be funny. <laughs> a say-so. Is the found is the mother and Athena? Do you say so? No, I say so. A say so. Then that'll be much funnier if you understood. Who's Athena then? The daughter. See now I don't know who anybody is. Staten is Athena, and Athena. I say so is Julia Jane Shasta. Okay. All right. Well, we're there then. We get it. We just yeah. kept saying the mother. Yeah, it's just it's just one more name. That's it. Yeah, we're good. Cool. So professional. Our theories are out the window. We're just going along. Frankenstein lives, though. It's still there. Why not? Everything else is gone. Thank you, Natsuki. Yeah. Julia Jane is Shasta, is Aseso, and Athena is Doctor Stan, and we have a family rivalry going on on a on this subject of immortality. And the woman is none other than Dorian Gray of Julia Jane, Athena, um, Athseso, Shasta. And with that, any last words, Jumbi? 
Don't look under the bed. Don't look under the bed, indeed. And with that, we end another episode of Phantom of the Silver Screen Podcast. If you like what you heard, please give us a like, subscribe, follow, anything to show us that you love us, because we love you. And we would gladly, in a room full of X amount of people, do what we have to do to give you health for the rest of your life. Bye.